Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, I'm joined by Heather Ann Havenwood. Heather Ann is a serial entrepreneur and is regarded as a top authority on digital marketing, sales coaching, online publishing, business strategies. She's been named one of the top 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs for 2017 by Huffington Post. Heather Ann is the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Sexy Boss, How Female Entrepreneurship is Changing the Rulebook and Beating the Big Boys. She has instructed, coached, and promoted hundreds of entrepreneurs, leading them down the path to success in building a lucrative business from their knowledge and leveraging it online. Heather Ann, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This will be fun. Before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about who you are and maybe what you like to do when you're not working. Mm, Well, I have a dog. (laughs) Um, So she's kind of the love of my life, really. And actually, today she got, um, I just hired an acupuncturist to come to the house. She's older, she's 13. So she got acupuncture and chiropractic and laser. Now she's passed out. So (laughs) she's very happy. I'm very, but she's had a bad hip. So, you know, I spent my money on my dog, right? So that's kind of my life outside of work. But honestly, you know, I've been in the information marketing industry and online marketing since 2001. I actually created my first online business plan in 1999. Uh, did my first online business from zero to million dollar in 2005. And then in 2010, I got my master's degree in online marketing from Full Sail University. So I live and breathe online marketing from e-commerce as well as information marketing. People always go, what is that? Well, that's the, that concept when you're learning something. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's basically, you know, information marketing where we're learning something from a course that's truly information marketing. So I've been doing that for a long time and I first kind of got my start in seminars, right? <laughs> what, are, what are those? <laughs> those are those things that um, you have to drive somewhere and park and <laughs> get, get out of the car and walk somewhere. So th- th- that's what I kind of got my start is in the information marketing business in the seminar industry pre, um, you know, pre-internet, I guess I would say pre-big explosion internet in 2001. Right. You know, Heather, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. How long have you been coaching and what really led you to get into it in the first place? So interestingly enough, um, I first was a client of coaching, right? And uh, I have I have a blog about this on my LinkedIn page. It says, the day I got into coaching is the day that my dad fired me. And the reason I say that is because I reached out to my bat dad. I was like 24, 25 years, years old. And I didn't know what I would do with my life. <laughs> One of those moments, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I thought I had to figure it out. And his response to me was, I'm done. I can't deal with this. You need to hire a coach. <laughs> so uh, he got me involved in with a, a coach. Uh, I did what I call an interview Robin, round Robin with a couple coaches he connected me with. And I picked my first coach and I I worked with her. Oh my gosh, seven years. Yeah. So, and then um, I now have a coach. I've worked with her six, seven years. I've always had a coach in my life. And so from that, and then the information marketing speaking business are traveling the country doing real estate investing coaching. That's how I first got started in the coaching side for me. Um, and then of now I work in as a coach in business as well in marketing. Now I do a lot of what I call head coaching, you know, like concept mm-hmm. and head, head coaching and mindset. And that's just because no matter what kind of business you're in, it always comes back down to mindset coaching. I remember being in like a mastermind back in 2004, five and six of these you know, multi-millionaires and real estate investing. These guys were like killing it. You know, these guys had Rolexes and a bad car outside, all kinds of stuff. And we were in the room talking about, you know, um, just masterminding in real estate. And the number one thing we were dealing with was their mindset. You know, the, the how how having all this money now has changed them and their families and the and the relationships they're in and not in anymore and all kinds of stuff. And it always comes back down to mindset. Right. So mm-hmm. no matter we, especially in a small business, the mindset of the owner will um, completely what I call uh, radiate out into 
you know, the, the people inside the business, like the employees, right? People that work for you. So right. I think it also goes back to if you got to have a head coach yourself. I have a head coach, <laughs> I guess I call it. I have someone who's always working with me on my, on my, um, mindset. And so that helps me with all my clients. But specifically right now, I deal with clients that are looking to take their marketing to another level and increasing, increasing how many clients they have, they see every single day, week or month. Um, and then increasing that conversion of that. So I really focus on the marketing piece and the market to message. Well, it sounds like not only have you had a lot of experience doing a lot of different coaching, you've also been in marketing and business and and everything really since when the internet was just getting started. So I'm sure that through all of that, you've had quite a few ups and downs. And I would love to know if you could tell us about maybe a big disappointment that you experienced when you were getting started. So first of all, um, I'd love to, I'd love to take Al Gore's statement if I created the internet, but I didn't. <laughs> God, I love his statement, poor guy. Um, so <clears throat> here's what I would say. Um, I, in the internet, I, I guess because I was late twenties, early thirties when the internet started to come around, I don't think I really got what it was, what it was, you know, the level of how amazing it was at the time. Um, but, I uh, started a business in 2004 or five with a business partner. We were 50 15. We did very well. We, that business is still arrived the live to this day. And the one thing I'm really great at is I'm really great at what I call making a vision reality. So he says, I want to create an information marketing company where I teach people how to buy and sell houses very successfully because I've been doing it the last 10 years. I said, great. I made that a reality for him. And we went from zero to a million dollars in one year. And wow. I, um, I realized I'm very good at market to messaging. I'm very good at selling a concept to the marketplace. I'm also very good at creating the, the system or the service that is, cre- that we are selling. I developed all of that. His job was to be the education piece. And we did very well. And that business is still alive to this day. Um, I came, but the problem was is that a challenge with that is I had a bad business partner <laughs> and he, at the end of a year, he didn't want to share anymore. And so he just, decided that he was just going to take the business from me. Mm. And so the way he did that is he emptied bank accounts and emptied everything so that I couldn't go after him legally. And so uh, that business is still successful to this day, almost, um, what is that, almost 10 plus years later. And um, I went through massive bankruptcy, massive foreclosure. So I got an opportunity to see him face to face about two years ago. So we had a little... uh, a little uh, talking, <laughs> but uh, you know that was probably the most disappointing situation I've been through in my life because I really had to start from scratch. I had to figure out how am I going to build my business or a business from scratch because I put all my eggs in one basket. And there's a lot of lessons I learned from that. One is don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> number one, number one, number two. Um, with my skill set. I'm best at being a digital marketing manager and managing and pushing people up this massive, massive um, hill called digital marketing manager. Because you have these people that have all this information, but they don't know how to get it out to the marketplace. They don't know how to make create a product or a service to get it out in the hands, get it into the hands of people that people can actually purchase. And that's my that's my elixir. That's what I do really well. But it was very disappointing because I had to start my whole life over again. Right. You know, it's interesting because I actually think that when you experience a business disappointment, it's disappointing. But when you experience a disappointment by someone else, maybe someone that you trusted, that's just even worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I trusted him. We weren't uh, intimately involved or any level. We were just strictly business partners, but I, I just, of course, trusted him. And I had someone who worked, who actually lived in my home and we worked together and I brought him in and I trusted him. I known him for actually 12 years and they kind of colluded behind the back. So they actually, you know, took off with the business in a weird way, you know, going through a lot of forgiveness for myself. I realized it was a good thing that happened because Mm -hmm. I was brought to my knees. I was really brought to, I mean, I lost all credit. I had to file bankruptcy. I had to, uh, my house foreclosed on. I had to sell everything I had and put, go into my car. And I lived on people's couches for a couple of years. It took three years until I got my own place again. So it, it really brought me to my knees because it started to have me ask the question, who am I? 
(laughs) What am I doing? You know, why don't I just become a waitress? Because that looks good. Um, So, and I did, I got fired though. I've gotten fired from five waitressing jobs. I'm not good at waitressing. Um, So I, you know, I tried to what I call go back into corporate America. I tried to get other jobs, you know, just waitressing or working in Starbucks. And I just didn't fit. It was like a round peg in a square hole, vice versa. I just didn't fit. That was like not this is that feel right, you know, but I was mm-hmm. so, uh, c- my confidence was just so shaken. I didn't know what to do. And a friend of mine said, you need to start with the simplest things. I said, what's that? I go start with clarity and ask yourself this question. Does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? And that particular question I actually lived on. It was kind of my, uh, grounding for many, many years because he mm-hmm. said to me, when we are confused, when we're spinning, we can't create. And when we can't create, we can't excel. And when we can't excel, we can't have momentum. And momentum is when we have success and, you know, financial and like that. So he's like, you have to get super clear first. So that's where I help businesses today, uh, especially business owners get clarity on what they're doing, what they're creating, what's happening and how to get there fast. So. Mm-hmm. I use that experience in my in my coaching now. Right. Now, Heather Ann, you know, that story about, you know, having having a great business and then losing it all and then like you said it took 3 years to sort of get yourself back going again. Consistent action is a really big thing, I think for people, especially people just getting started. We all have to take this, these little small steps, consistent action before we really can feel like we're catching a break. So can you tell us about, you know, in that three years, can you tell us about maybe a tipping point where you finally began to feel like, okay, I'm back in this. I'm starting to put it all back together again. Well, I mean, honestly, it's taken me more than three years to kind of come back from that. Um, mm-hmm. I think three years just the first time I got to have my own house or my own apartment. <laughs> it wasn't really a tipping point. That was just the start, you know, but I, um, the tipping point of the shift was really that question. Does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? And I know I'm coming back to, because it's such a powerful question. I started to ask myself that question for everything I did. Cause he said to me, he's like, I want you to start asking yourself that question before you do anything. Because if you're not clear on what you're doing, you could be the hardest worker. You could be the smartest person. It doesn't matter. Like if, if, if the rocket ship goes up and NASA think it's going to Mars and all of a sudden the drivers inside, you know, the, the astronauts go, no, 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 we're going to Pluto. You got a problem, <laughs> you know? Right. So that's what happens sometimes is that when we're in upset or drama or confusion, we get all these things inundated, people telling us what to do. Right. And then we have what our our internal, our internal compass is telling us to do. And we don't always trust that. And so sometimes we just do what other people say because it's like way easier. Right. And then we get to blame them. So with me, I had to really figure out who am I? And I got to a very core level of that and who I am as an entrepreneur. And that's very, um, it sounds esoteric, but it's not. It's like who I am as an entrepreneur. I'm sitting there on the beach in Marco Island, staring off a sunset. And I, I really got that who I was an entrepreneur. And when it hit me that that's who I am, even though I'm sitting there on the beach, I have no business. <laughs> I have not a nothing, nothing. I don't even have a bank account. I don't have a credit card. I got nada. And I'm sitting there going, okay, okay. If who I am as an entrepreneur, what do entrepreneurs do? What they do is they create, they build, they expand, they market, they create products and services or sell products and services. That's what they do. And they surround themselves with other entrepreneurs. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm not a tree. I can move. It's called U-Haul. So I moved to Austin, Texas to surround myself with other entrepreneurs. That was really step one for me. And then I thought, okay, now here I am. Now what? And I just kind of allowed the the universe to, to kind of place opportunities in front of me. And so from there in 2009-10, I actually got published by Ryan Dice, um, digital marketer mm-hmm. at one point. And then I got to sur- I surrounded myself with an amazing group of online marketers here in Austin. And then everything just started to roll. And since then, I've, I've developed three online companies since 2009-10 since I moved here. 
Now, you know, success is often measured in hitting certain goals. And it sounds like from that moment that you declared, I am an entrepreneur, and then you started to figure out what is it that an entrepreneur does? Okay, well, I'm going to go do these things. I'm going to put myself in the position of those things being able to happen to me. Since you did all of that, what would you say has been your favorite achievement? You know, it's, it's, it's a, so, wow. Um, I've been here since 2009-10. Um, I built a business uh, recently with uh, my significant other, um, and we're no longer together. So, but we were building a business, and I built a business I'm very proud of. Um, it was a supplement company and a weight loss company. It's still still valid today. It's been around now two years. We went from zero to 1.5 million in about 18 months, which I was really, I'm really still very proud of. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, right now we're going through what I call a business divorce. So that's, that's sad to me because I feel like that's going to, that's going to be, um, moved off my plate. But I'm very proud of that business because it was helping so many people with uh, weight loss and helping them change their lives um, and energetically as well as health and well-being. I really loved seeing the results of that business. You know, people like losing 60 and 70 pounds. We had a grandmother who was 64 years old and she lost like 80 pounds. Her whole life changed, you know. So it's just stuff like that that I, I loved seeing my work the branding, the marketing, and the um, all those pieces I did online and offline actually make a difference with people. I, I really loved love seeing that. That's probably the most biggest accomplishment. I think the other one is I I lived here in Austin and my dog got bit by a rattlesnake three times and oh she she's uh, she's she's what I call a walking Honda. She's twenty now about twenty three thousand dollars worth of care in her. So I always tell people that's a Honda. She's about twenty three thousand. They're like what? So um, I'm very proud of the fact that we did not cut her leg off and that she's uh, still with us to this day. And I nurtured her back to health <laughs> and, mm. and twenty three thousand dollars worth. So I those are things. There's a little things in life that I'm proud of that I can work from home and I could be with her and I can uh, create a life that I love. And those are the things that I really value now. You know, I want to veer off track a little bit because some of what you were talking about, it just really spurs in me like this question of how the heck did you do it? Because I say that because I just started my podcast a, a couple of months ago, and I feel like I'm working morning to night just to do the things that I've done on this. And you're talking about all these different businesses, all this different stuff that you're doing. How are you able to balance all of that? Great question. So one of my coaches said to me, stop trying to balance. <laughs> um, and, and she really means that. I think it's one of the worst things we're told to is to balance. I, I totally really believe that. There is no balance. When you're creating and you're focused on what you love, why balance it? Just love it and devour it and own it. And if it's something that you are enjoying the process, and you're enjoying the uh, result, you forget about balance and you just actually just love the process. So like when I was developing those two companies, this supplement company as well as a white loss company here in Austin, I definitely, um, I mean, I had, I had a life out of it, but I was loving every piece of building that, right? And I focused on what you focus on expands. So, um, I definitely took time for myself. I know that. And I, I work out seven days a week. Um, I also, this is, this is an old school thing that I was taught years ago, is that when you look at your calendar every single week, you put in what I call your big items, okay? Like, like if you have a coach yourself, you can put that in there, right? Um, and your, your workout. My workout time is my time. It's in my calendar. It's at like mm -hmm. one o'clock or whatever it is. Every, I go five days, six days, six days a week. And it's a concrete. You can't move that. So if I have a one o'clock and you're a client, you're like, I want one o'clock. I'm like, I'm unavailable. You know, right. there's sometimes you have to go, this is a concrete. But what happens is we, especially women go, oh, well, that's for me. I can move it. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's for me. And you can't. You know, if you had an important client, one o'clock lunch, you're not going to go move it, right? Why would you right. move your own time? But we do that. We go, oh, I can like, you know, skirt it around or something like that, or put that to the side or I'll do it tomorrow, whatever. And that's the, that's what I call the balance could come, comes in where you stop putting yourself first. 
That's mm-hmm. really the key piece. So what those times, like my yoga and my working out, um, my workout in the morning, my dog walking, those are like concrete. They're con- you can't move that stuff unless it's a nine one one. Okay, maybe, or maybe you can, you know, on the phone call you can walk with me. But I really, those are concrete times for me. I right. think that's a key piece. Women, especially, I don't know about men, I can't speak for that as much. Women do it more so. They'll sacrifice themselves um, on something they really want to do, like a yoga class or something, um, for the business or for something else. Mm. Before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on uh, real action steps that coaches can take to really start or grow their business. I want to talk about your future just a little bit. Can you tell me what you're most excited about creating next in your business? So I have a book that just came out this this month um, called Power, uh, Power Guesting. So basically what it is, is I, I've been on over 250 podcasts as a guest. And I realized when I flipped the mic about 18 months in of uh, me being a guest, I realized that not everyone's great at being a guest. <laughs> I just mm. thought it was like, oh. This is like fun, right? Everyone can be good at this. And I realized that not everyone is great at doing this. And I thought, you know, every coach, author, and speaker, as well as business owner, if you're a dentist or an author, it doesn't matter. You need to be able to learn to share your story, not your resume. No one cares about my resume. I mean, no one cares. Like, no one cares about my resume. Feel free to go to LinkedIn. You'll see all these great certifications, blah, 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 blah. No one cares. You know, people want to hear what you've been talking about today. What happened? How did you get here? What struggles have you dealt with? What what really goes on in your life? What's really important to you? People really want to hear that. And then there's a connection. And then people choose to do business with with us through the connection, not -hmm. because my resume is really hot or anything, you know? So... I think that's that's part of it. So my book is really about that. And I really want to help more people learn to share their personal story of what really connects. You know, so but um, I will say because sometimes people, I, people say I, they, I come off as someone who's perfect. Oh, my God, like I'm, I'm so not so I'll say something that I think is, I think it's stupid, but people always think it's funny. I actually failed. Um, I failed my first my first um, semester in college. <laughs> And to this day, I still have an F in three credits of Bible class on my transcript (laughs) from Baylor University. And by the way, I grew up Baptist and I grew up going to Bible school every, like every, you know, week or whatever. I grew up with the Bible being stuffed down my throat. So the fact that I have three hour credit of failed Bible class by senior, you know, my freshman year in college, and it's still there to this day because you can't erase an F um, is, I think, is quite it's quite funny. <laughs> so there you go. That's something really bad. I failed. Uh, I failed Bible class in at Baylor University. So anyway, I think that's interesting. And like you were saying, the book is definitely something that I think people need. People need to know that because you know, just from my perspective, when I looked over your website, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, she's she's really pretty. She's got this great website. She's obviously got a lot of business experience, you know, and these are things that you just like you come up with these opinions just by glancing, just by looking around. But then when you sit down and you talk to someone and you're like, you know, oh, she's a dog lover. Uh, She's not afraid to spend money on taking care of her dog. You know, she's a really cool person. You know, these are different opinions that people would never be able to form if they didn't hear your story. And then that's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be able to like latch on to these little things. And that's really going to be what connects them to you. Yeah, people do business with people, not technology. <laughs> and so I, I think that that's one of the beauties of podcasting to this day. So I've been on so many is because uh, for me, I get to share my personal story. And my goal when I'm here is not to boast, but to add value, right? I'm hoping that once they listen to this show, they one, they have an opinion of me, either like me or not. This is great. That's an opinion one way or the other, at least they have one. And then the other thing is that, that uh, they got something of value. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not a pitch fest. This is not something I'm trying to pitch myself to them. It's like, did they get value from this conversation? Did I impact them on some level? Right. That would be, that's, that's always the goal. And what I realized being what I call flipping the mic, like being a host like you, I realized that sometimes I'm sure you've experienced this. If you haven't, you will. Um, you get people on that all they want to do is just pitch, is right. pitch themselves or they want to, they want to basically go through their resume. You know, and there's a reason why people hate doing their resume. No one likes, no one likes to write them, write them. No one likes to read them. No one likes them. <laughs> They're 
just not fun on any level to read or write. So why would you speak it? Um, I think people want to hear personal story in their person. Why, why they become a dentist or why they become a chiropractor or what are you doing being a coach? How did that happen? You know, so people really want to hear the journey of why you're at where you're at. Not a one day I woke up and I was five years old and I got tapped to be a coach. I mean, that never happens. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the key where people can say, Oh, this person's for me or not. At least they made a decision about you. Right. Right. That's how I see it. Well, I'd like to shift the conversation just a little bit and want to talk about what's working right now in business. So one thing that coaches seem to love to talk about is the different ways that there are to make money, whether it's offline doing one-on-one coaching, whether it's online doing more passive stuff like with courses or webinars. Everybody likes to get ideas for what's really working in the coaching industry right now. So can you tell us a little bit about how do you generate revenue in your business? So I'll tell you what's kind of working, not working. I mean, I'll kind of go from there. So, and what I'm doing too. So um, main, one of the ones is podcasting. I mean, I'm really big into podcasting. And when I, when I say podcasting, I kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a larger roof than that. It's really like live casting. I do video casting, uh, live stream. I be, I'm right. I'm on the full radio radio. My show has been, um, is in 43 different radio stations across the country and nationally syndicated on top of iHeartRadio and all the different apps. So when I say podcasting, I'm broadening that into radio as well. I think it's the one of the most underutilized and the strongest thing for me right now. Um, the reason is, is because again, it goes back to connection. When we hear someone's voice, we connect or disconnect, we connect with them on a different mm-hmm. level. So I think that's a key thing because what's happened with the, what's happening with the marketing right now. And, and remember, I come back, I come, I come from the seminar industry in 2001. Okay. The more high tech we gone, the more high touch we want. Okay. And so the technology's gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And so what's happened is, We've shifted from we love technology to now I just really want high touch. So people now are paying for more of the touch, meaning going to a seminar. Seminars are hot again. Podcasting is hot again. All these things that they can feel connected to something or someone versus just an image or just a webinar. Webinars are great, by the way. They're great tools. I'm not dissing it. But the challenge with webinars is, I mean, I don't know about you. You've just stared at a 45-minute webinar with white background and black text. I mean, that's the most boring thing you do on the planet. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right? And so um, we as people have not, here's the thing that people don't like. This, this is the marketing person coming out of me. We as human beings haven't changed much. We haven't changed for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. That's why you can pick up the Bible. Or you can read a story out of the Bible and you can actually connect with it. Like it or not, agree with it or not. That's what I'm saying. You can understand it. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though we, they had, they didn't have cars. They didn't have Uber. They, they had sandals. They didn't have Nikes. I mean, why? Because we can connect with the emotions of a human and we haven't changed that much. So why we buy, why we want to connect, why we want to have a community, why we love, why we hate, all those things haven't changed. We just haven't changed. And so what's happening now, especially the coaching business is the word coach has been, um, at this level, kind of watered down a lot. And so where you can make a difference in the marketplace is the high touch. The days of you just hang out at home and never really connect with your clients and just do coaching from a phone and you really don't have to connect, I think aren't as valuable anymore. You've got to reach out beyond that and really connect with your potential clients and current clients. And that's through things like podcasting. That's through things like live casting. That's through things called seminars. (laughs) So that's what I think is working right now. One thing that people really seem to have in common, everybody wants to grow their business. And whether that's, you know, booking in discovery calls or whether that's signing up a certain number of clients over the month, you know, everybody loves to talk about strategy. So what's your favorite strategy these days to bring brand new clients to your business? 
Okay, so I, so thank you for that question. And I feel like I'm repeating myself. And I'm super sorry. I'm not trying to avoid it. I really <laughs> am like, this is the truth. Uh, so going back to podcasting and being a guest, mm-hmm. the cool thing is that for me, I'm a guest in your home. Right? This is your baby. This right. is your clients and, and listeners. I'm a guest in your space. And you've given me the opportunity to share my story to them. But the beauty of that is that I get exposed to them right? That's the advantage. So for me, I think being a guest and a powerful guest on other people's shows is one of the ways I've really grown my business is when people hear me all over the world. I mean, China, that's a weird one, right? So China and everywhere, Australia, and they hear me on someone else's show, right? That they loved and then they listen to and then boom, I'm, here I am. Then I get exposed newly to a new um customer or client, potential client. That right now I think is the way that I, I feel the, the most traffic centric um, strategy that's out there right now. But the key is <laughs> you've got to be a nice guest to people. You've got to be nice, what I call guest in their home. <laughs> if you right. leave the toilet seat up or you know don't make the bed, <laughs> they will remember. <laughs> so you've got to learn edit, what I call the etiquette of being a guest, meaning promotion. Right? I will be promoting this to my people as well. Why not? It's an audio business card about me. Why would I not promote it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I'm always going to, I always give a, I'm just telling you, I give a gift, right? So you'll be getting that. (laughs) Um, So I, I, I I just do things over and beyond because I want you to, if you never, you and I ever see each other in an event, I want you like come over and go, Hey, Mike, what's up? You know, we, I want to be friends with you on top of that. So I, I think that's one of the things is it's, we as coaches, we forget that there's this whole world out there. You know, and so way to do that is is to um, give value first. That's I think podcasting is the best way. So besides people grabbing your new book, which could definitely help them if they're interested in getting into this a little bit more. I have one thing that's maybe a little bit of a pet peeve for me, and I want to get your opinion on this. So I get approached by a lot of people that just don't fit. They, they don't fit what I'm doing, and they really aren't making a lot of an effort to, to try to fit. It's almost like they just want me to interview them, and it doesn't matter if they're not necessarily a coach. <laughs> So how does someone who wants to get into podcasting being a guest, how would someone maybe, you know, help that along? Like, like, how do they just find that sliver of commonality so that they can make themselves look more approachable, make themselves look more like they're going to fit in with that audience? Okay, so this is so juicy, right? <laughs> Thank you so much. This could be a little bit longer answer, but juicy, juicy, juicy. So by the way, I know exactly what you're talking about. I get that all the time. They're like, hey, interview me. You're like, uh, like, what do you do? Do you even know what my show's about? Like, what? You know, so, um, that you will get that when you become a host if you choose to do that. And so uh, for me as a guest, so here's what happened. I'll tell you, and then I'll, I'll give you like the strategy. Okay. So back in 2013, I started my first podcast called The Sexy Boss Show. And it's like what I call in the graveyard of iTunes. You're welcome to go like try to search it out because what I did is I, I interviewed some of my girlfriends and then I put them all five episodes all up at the same time. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, right? I'm like, well, there you go. This isn't working. You know, it just, that was it. That was, right, crash. A one hit wonder of podcasting. So I didn't know what I was doing. And so in my head, I was like, podcasting sucks. Like, that's kind of where I went in my head. And then around 2015, I had a friend of mine reach out and go, hey, I'm doing this podcast. Can I interview you? I know you're really good at this thing. I said, sure. So we get, we get on Skype and it was just kind of like two friends talking. It was just mm-hmm. a chat you know? And he was like, that was great. And then a couple weeks later, I got someone who went through my website at Heather Havenwood and they, they um, got a call with me and ended up being a $5,000 coaching client. So in my head, I went, wait a minute, 30 minute conversation, $5,000, 30 minute, you know, I was like, uh-huh. well, like, let's do more of that. But what I did was I really focus on being a guest. Now, here's the key. Here's a few things about being a guest. Number one is, and I, I literally write this out of my book, so feel free to go check it out. But I tell people, you've got to make it easy for them to say yes to you. And the way you do that is, for me, I do it through my media page, which you checked out at heatherhavenwood.com forward slash media. And what I do is that entire page is designed to sell you as the host is designed for you to look at it within 30 seconds or not and go, she is in alignment or not with me. 
Mm-hmm. And you're going to you're going to make that decision quickly. That's what I want you to do. And so the whole thing is set up for you specifically. No one else. Anybody who's a host at anything radio or or podcast, it's literally talking to you to make that decision quickly. It's what I call make the, make it easy for them to say yes to you or no easily and effortlessly. Lots of times which you've experienced, people reach out to you and go, "Interview me." And they don't even have a media page. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're not even trying. You're making it hard for me. Mm-hmm. You as a host, it is your house. And you basically have one minute. You're, you're going to give them one minute of your time. And that one minute is going to go to their media page. And if they don't have one, the, the, the minute just went to two seconds and it's over. That's, I tell people, you don't have a media page. No. But I'm this great. I go, I don't care. You're making it hard for me. Don't make it hard for me. You make it easy for me to say yes to you. Do not make me do any heavy lifting at all. I already have a ton of heavy lifting. It's called production and it's called all these other pieces of the podcasting, uploading RSS feeds, right? (laughs) So much other stuff in the background. They have no idea. So they, that's the one thing I would say to guests is make it easy for them to say yes to you. And the other thing for you as a host is if they don't do that, say no. You're not ready for me. I tell them all the time, you're not ready for me. By the way, call Heather and she'll get you ready. (laughs) So that's basically what happens. Um, The other thing I say to them when I get those pitches and they maybe do have a media page is, what is it that they're going to um, add or what's the value they're going to add to my show? What are they going to talk about? Are they just there to pitch or are they going to talk about something, three ways you can, blah, 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 that's going to add value to my listeners? Mm-hmm. If they're not going to add that value, then what's the point? Right. And the other thing that I think is really interesting to me, and if you experienced this yet, if you, if not, you might. Um, I had a really big time speaker on once, you know, one of those ones I was like, wow, this is going to be so big. Right. Right. And they're a New York Times bestseller and blah, 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 blah. And so I get them on thinking, oh my God, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to get so many listeners because of this. First of all, he never promoted it. And he was like, oh, I'm not going to promote this. He was very arrogant. Number one. <laughs> number two, um, number two, he is used, he's what I call trained speaker in a say. He, mm-hmm. he is a, he, here's what he wanted me to do say the bio and then shut up. <laughs> you know, it's like a monologue. He wanted a monologue. And so every time that I tried to interrupt him, he would get angry. And at one point I said, look, this is my show. I'm going to interrupt you all I want because this is, this is a conversation. Right. This isn't a monologue, right? This is not the your show. It's the my show. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's my house. You're a guest. I could turn this off anytime. So I think that's what happens is people as a guest don't realize that. And so for 18 months, I focused 100% on being a guest before I ever flipped the mic. Hmm. And that's what I learned. I learned. I, I just learned how to really add value. And the other thing I learned in, in uh, I'm not a snobby guest. And it's a snobby guest means one, they're not going to promote, which I do. I'm also a person that goes, Oh, you're a new podcast. I'm not going to be on yours. What's your numbers? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I've, I mean, I've been on like lawyer ones or in dog petting ones. I've been on like ones that just got started yesterday. One, like, why would I ever say no? You know, why can't I just add value? So those are the things I would say to you as a host is if they don't make it easy for you, like within 30 seconds or a minute, next, just next. You know, that's why I say as a guest, though, I always tell people make it easy for them to say yes to you, you know, and here's one of the last part because you're a woman. I can I can say this because sometimes men get weird about it. Women, women have a hard time boasting about themselves. (laughs) Men have no problem. (laughs) So women, it feels very awkward. Okay. Now you and I got connected by um, a, a, a pay service. Okay. Right. But those 250 that I've been on, I would say less than a quarter of that were through a paid service. The rest I did on my own. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's very awkward and it, and not intuitive, counterintuitive for women to say, Hey, you got a podcast. Can I be on it? Like it's super weird for people, right. for women to do that. Some men, for, I don't know. They just have this like innate, like I'm the best, I'm the badass, and you should have me on. <laughs> You're stupid for not having me on. <laughs> women, it's way more counterintuitive. And I'll tell you why. And it's a long answer, but I really want to, this is really good. The, it's because we were taught that at a very young age. 
Now, I was taught from, I was Southern, so that's a whole mm-hmm. other concept, right? But I was taught, you know, if the girlfriend didn't invite you to the party, don't boast and don't ask, you know, don't ask to be guests at the party. Like, just sit at home and cry all night or something. Right. You know, don't invite yourself to the f- party. Don't invite yourself to the event. Don't do that. Don't, you know, you, that's a bad girl kind of thing. And then when you get to college or life, college, and then guys don't have that problem. Guys just go, hey, man, I brought six pack and a hot chick like I'm in. Like, they don't like <laughs> think about it. Right. And then in life and business, that's why men are completely better at what I call inviting themselves to the party. Mm. They can just walk in and go, hey, man, I'm badass. You should have me on. Women are like, I need to be invited. So they sit back and they wait. And so the counterintuitive thing to do is to structure your business and structure your site so that it is very um, open. I was hoping that, you know, media page is very open for you to check it out and like it or not. Mm-hmm. And then also to allow yourself to invite yourself to the party. Like, hi, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is how I can add value to you. And it's a very counterintuitive for thing to, for women to do. It's just, it just is. And it's usually upbringing. Right. So they have mm-hmm. to overcome that. I hope that was a long answer. I'm sorry, but it's really... Yeah. That's what we're talking a lot in my book about just how to, what's the etiquette, but also how to position yourself as a, um, as a great guest, but also allow yourself to ask yourself to the party. And I bet you the people that you're talking there, you were just telling me how you have these people just saying, have me on your show. They're all most likely, I would say my, my, if I was in Vegas, I would say they're probably men. I'd be guessing that they're men. You know, it's very interesting because I was thinking about it as you were talking and kind of the interesting thing is, is that, yeah, a lot of them are men. And interestingly, the ones that are women really don't have enough commonality with my listeners or with the type of person I'm looking for that I'm not going to say yes. But I think what they're doing is they're just going for visibility. Like you said, they're not afraid to ask. They're just going to ask everybody. And if I say yes, that's awesome. And if I don't, they don't care. They're just going to keep asking. They're really doing what you're talking about. I'd be okay with saying no, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not a fit. I've had someone uh, say no. To, I've had a lot of people say no to me, but I had one that I got, com- I converted. <laughs> they said no to me because I think they did. Um, here's a funny one. They did a sports show. It was two guys and me. And I go, look, I can talk about how business is like sports. And they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> you know, but that's just because they didn't see the fit. But then I threw something out and they go, that's great. You know, but I agree. Just be willing to say no. I've said no to a lot of people. Like, it's just not a fit. Or I've had too many. Like, you're like my fifth financial planner. Like, I can't have any more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, okay, just look. Oh, look, another financial planner. Really? Um, there's only so many financial planning. I'm not a financial show. So uh, I right. say no. <laughs> I'm capped out. Well- And I think that a lot of it makes so much sense because as people are getting started, whether it's a coaching business, whether, you know, any sort of a business, you can't just create in a vacuum. You can't be creating and and putting it out, you know, to crickets. You you have to have people see this. So visibility is huge. And this is one of the great ways to get some of that visibility. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that I do now um, it, it's a service I just started creating the last couple of months. I've launched my two other, two of the podcasts of this is that I've, um, I now help people start their own show. Mm. Right. And I help them figure out what their show is going to be. But I also help them be a guest on podcasts too, because right. like you said, if they don't know how to be a great guest, I think it's going to be hard to be a great host for me. I right. think in my experience, I think if you can get some get, being un, un, like being a guest a couple times under your belt, it will help you be a great host and vice versa. Cause you also understand what hosts go through. There's so much you go through as a host. Oh my gosh. Right. Me. This is the easy yeah. part. I get to show up, hang out like. We we hang up. I'm like la la la. Then you tell me like weeks later, like it's ready. I mean that's great. You know you do all the heavy lifting as the host. You right. do all the heavy lifting. So first of all, there's a huge respect there. But number one, number one, number two. That's why my first podcast failed. I didn't know that, and so that's why I focus on being a guest first, and then I shifted. And so once I started having my own show, and now I help other people have their own show. As I went from in six months, I was nationally syndicated. It really depends on what sort of show you want to have. I think that there's ways for it to be really manageable if you're going to do a 
a 20 minute, almost like you said, a monologue where you're just getting on and you're teaching something, you know, if you're going to do a 20 minute podcast once a week, that's a lot different than having a five day a week show with guests. So there's there's a whole range of, I guess, the the time commitment, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you do the heavy lifting. I mean, that's that's why, you know, I, first, of all, I always ask people to um, say when they say yes to me, I always say they have to promote the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. I know that I don't know if you do that. I highly suggest you do. But um, I like I said, I had these two other people, one New York Times seller and another person uh, on my show. And I, of course, asked them to promote. And one said no. We said that already. And the other guy said no. And here's what he said to me. He goes, oh, I was on your show to help you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> to help me? And you're but you're not promoting it. He's like, no, that was just like to give you a little favor. I'm like, favor? Wow. Like, you know, like the ego of that was like, wow, the ego of Texas is not big enough to hold your ego. I just have to say, like, Texas needs to be triple to hold that ego, dude. I'm like, you didn't do me any favors unless you promoted. Now you're talking favor, you know? So, um, yeah, I just think it's interesting. So make sure you keep the, the egos in check. Not- <laughs> and, you know, I do, I do suggest if, if you have a person that maybe you're, um, when they come through a paid service, like you and I got connected, I'm pretty much just, Yes. But if they're not, I'm not sure, I will mm-hmm. do like a 15 minute meet and greet. Like I'll get on a quick little chat. And if I feel them out, I'm like, okay, I like them or no, I'll just say no, I've done it. Like, you know, I meet, I just kind of do like what I call a connect, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, let's just have a little quick chit chat for 10 minutes, 15 minutes to kind of connect with you and feel you yeah. out. <laughs> That's what I suggest. Knowing what you know now about building up successful businesses, what would you say is something that people should do first? Like if they really want to get serious about growing a business or if they just want to get started on the right foot, what would be something that maybe even you wish you had done first? Mm, um, great question. Knowing what you really are selling. Mm. That sounds so cliche, but it is true. Actually knowing what you're really selling, what is truly the product and service that you're selling and what is it going to benefit them, whoever them is, right? And then identifying them. (laughs) That's all we could go on that for like an hour, right? But I mean, it really is clear, like, what am I really selling? And why would people buy it? Versus like, this is how great I am. It's very different. I am. Mm-hmm. So um, I think people are people are tired of the ego. This is how great I am versus this is where I can deliver. You know, for me, I deliver things like I can help someone actually create a podcast that they can have for years. And then I help them systematize and manage their marketing. They can actually get a grasp and hold on it and measure and mark market it. And once they understand that skill set, they have that for life of their business or businesses in the future. Now, is there a particular way that works better if you're offering multiple things? So, for example, like we've been talking about, you know, you have part of what you do is you help people become a guest or learn how to do that. You Part of what you do is you're helping people start their own show. Also, you know, marketing, also business information or business coaching. When you have several things, how do you work that so that it's all under the umbrella, but people can figure it out, they can find it? Or is that not something that someone who's just starting out should do? Oh, yes. Okay. So my, so it depends. It's like, it depends. But um, I would say, get on a phone with me, we can work it out. But I, I do think, <laughs> I mean, that's like, what's a, such a, like, we could go there forever. But the, the basic conversation is, start with one wheelhouse. Right. You know what I mean? So like when I did the weight loss company, we started with the weight loss side and then we moved to supplements quite effectively within months. And then we grew both together and then we went online and offline with supplements and then we went wholesale and distribution with supplements. So it's that when we, when we expanded, it was only like an inch out, mm-hmm. three inches out. It wasn't far from the wheelhouse. It wasn't far from home. You know what I mean? The product and service wasn't like, oh, now we got to Russia. <laughs> what? You know, it's not far from the from the home. You know, expanding the service and product should not be far from the home when you're expanding, especially at the beginning. So if you're coaching, let's say coaching 
um, coaching, real estate coaching, I don't know, you can have, you know, online, offline seminars, um, online seminars, uh, masterminds, personal one-on-one coaching group. I mean, those, those aren't far from the tree, mm-hmm. you know, they're just kind of like tweaking um, it, the same content, right? The same product right. or service is just tweaking the deliverability. Like with the supplements, you have you can retail, and then we had online, and then we had wholesale. I mean, those are same product, same content, just tweaking the deliverability. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Stick with one, <laughs> and then slowly expand. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, Heather Ann, this has been so good. I have learned so much for you. I could just keep going. But I'm going to respect the time frame here, and we're going to finish up with our final five rapid-fire questions. Ooh, final five. Okay. What is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? (sighs) Um, Persistent commitment. What is one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop? Listening skills a lot. Give us one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. Um, Influenced by Robert Cialdini. Recommend one online resource that you think coaches would love to use and that you couldn't do business without. Slack. (laughs) And finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms are you on and what's your website? Awesome. So I'll make it really easy. So you can go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash Twitter forward slash Facebook, forward slash Instagram. I get all, you know, forward slash LinkedIn. You get it. You can find them all. Nice. Um, so, and then um, as far as if you're interested in working with me, either starting your own podcast, being a guest and or just overall business coaching around around your funnels, you can reach me, um, heatherhavenwood.com. In the upper right-hand corner, it says work with Heather and click on that and go to my calendar and we can get on the call and just have a conversation and see what works for you. That's really the easiest way that I'm the most active on Facebook, right? So mm. heatherhavenwood.com forward slash Facebook. That's called Facebook. I don't know if you've heard of it, but <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't heard of it, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. Oh, definitely. <laughs> there you go. Well, I will be sure to get all of those links and recommendations on the show notes page. Heather and this has been such a great conversation. I want to thank you again so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.